Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mind Control Podcast, your home for tips on mind control, hypnosis, psychic abilities, and telepathic communication. I'm your host, Jim Nippenberg, so let's get started. Thank you, thank you, welcome. So we're going to have fun here today in the topic of our podcast, and this is going to be, it looks like, the last podcast of 2019, the last podcast of the decade. So we're talking about fun with thought forms and can you turn water into wine? So many of you are familiar with the story of Jesus in the Bible turning the water into wine, and some people say, well, he didn't really do it. Some people say he did. Uh, What's interesting, though, was that the people that were there said, "Man, you saved." The, they went to the to the guy that was that was hosting the wedding uh, celebration, and they said, "Man, you you saved the best wine to last. Usually, you serve the best stuff first, and then when everybody's drunk, you give them the bad stuff so they don't know they're drinking the the garbage. But man, you saved the best stuff to last." Well, everything has a thought form and a thought structure and an energy structure. Can you turn water into wine? Now, one way to do that, by the way, is by physically changing the structure of the water into wine. And that's what we, you know, at least if you believe the biblical account, that's what Jesus did. And, you know, I I believe it's possible, and I'll tell you some more about that in a little bit. Another way to look at it would be that it would be like a mental overlay or a hypnosis or whatever. For instance, if you take someone, and stage hypnotists have done this for for decades, you know, you take someone and you hypnotize them and you hand them a glass of water and you tell them that it's, you know, 180 proof alcohol, they'll act like it burns their throat. They'll act as if they've gotten drunk off of just drinking water. But the other thing that's interesting is if you hand them alcohol and you give them alcohol and you suggest to them under deep hypnosis, um, and the by the way, the stage hypnotists are really good at getting deep trance phenomena rather quickly. Okay, now part of that is picking suitable subjects for the hypnotic trance at that particular time. But anyway, you give somebody alcohol and you tell them this is water. And I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just saying the hypnotist, stage hypnotists, report doing this. You can. By the way, there's a um, new encyclopedia of stage hypnotism by um, McGill, Ormond McGill. And he's got a lot of fun stage hypnosis experiments in there. Anyway, um, there are other people that have written on hypnosis and stage hypnosis as well. You tell the person that the alcohol is actually water, and they actually don't get drunk. They stay sober, which is amazing, okay? So um, so that would be like... Um, a mental overlay. Now, in that case, it's using hypnosis. But can you use a mental overlay with telepathic suggestion and with thought forms? Well, I'm going to tell you that yes, you can. Now, why would I say that? Well, first of all, there's some experiments that are fun that I'm going to give you later on in this podcast. So you're going to want to stay tuned. One of the things, though, is you've heard me probably talk about wolf messing or seen me write about him before. Um, And I first found out about him in... Um, Psychic Discoveries Behind the Iron Curtain by Ostrander and Schrader. Um, and it's a combined two-volume thing. Originally it was two volumes and they combined it into, into one volume when they reprinted. Anyway, Wolf Messing 
he was, um, I believe he was Polish. Anyway, he was a very good psychic, and he predicted things about Hitler that Hitler didn't like, and so Hitler put out a hit on him. You wanted him arrested and, you know, brought in. And um, the Nazis actually captured him in Poland, and they locked him up in the cell, and just using mental commands, Wolf Messing um, instructed the Nazi guards, you know, the, that were keeping him there in the jail, to to go to the back of the jailhouse and they he walked out the door while they were in the back okay and um anyway then later on he made his way to safety into the soviet union and stalin got war had gotten word about it and you know stalin anybody that that irritated hitler stalin wanted to know a little bit more about you know because stalin was very very annoyed at hitler you know, they had that treaty that they weren't going to invade each other, and everybody knew that one of them was going to violate that treaty. But it turns out that Hitler violated it first. Anyway, so um, Stalin found out about Wolf Messing and found out he was in the Soviet Union and had him come in. And so one of the things that they tested him with was they had him go to a bank and withdraw money. Wolf Messing took a blank slip of paper and mentally intended that that blank slip of paper was a withdrawal notice and it was valid and the teller gave him the money and then after the teller was instructed to look at that paper again they about fell fell out over unconscious they almost passed out and they were terrified because they had just given a large sum of money um, for, you know in, in the the country was suffering economically and they were in the middle of a war in World War II and they just handed over a bunch of money to somebody that didn't deserve the money. They had no valid claim to that money. And Wolf Messing had done that by mentally intending that that blank piece of paper was a banknote. Now, um, can you... <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, there are other ways you can use this. I'm not, you're not probably going to walk into a bank and do that. But sometimes you're at yard sales or thrift sales or whatever, and they have the wrong price tag on there. And you might have some items that say 99 cents or $1.99 or whatever, and then something that should be 99 cents or $1.99 might say something, some higher amount. And you can mentally imprint that on there. Now, to, if you want to do it just to see that you can do it, do it. And if you want to be honest, then you tell the person, no, 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 you rang that up wrong, and tell them what, what happened, okay? I am telling you, though, that that is something that you can do. Will it work every time? I, you know, I don't know that it'll work every time. I'll tell you something else, though. There was something I wanted um, in, in a thrift store, and they had two of them. And... Um, Thrift stores have gotten kind of greedy. A lot of the thrift stores have gotten greedy lately because they found out people were buying stuff and then selling it on eBay for a fortune. And so these thrift stores, they have people that don't really know how to research a product to see what it's worth. And they'll find something similar and, oh, that's expensive. And they'll put a high price tag on something. Sometimes it's a piece of junk. And then they'll take something that's really good and, oh, that's just a book. We'll put 99 cents on that. And it might be one of the best books on the planet. Okay, so they, they really don't know what they're doing. So I was in this thrift store, and it had two, um, two widgets, and I wanted one. I only wanted one. One widget had a price tag that was too high, 
The other widget had no price tag. Now their policy is if it doesn't have a price tag, you got to come back the next day because the supervisor's got to price it. But sometimes they will take it to the back room when it's not slow, when it's not busy, when it's slow, and they will have the the supervisor or whatever price it right then and there. And as I walked around with the one without a price tag, I mentally intended X dollars, three dollars, three dollars is a fair price, three dollars, three dollars is a fair price. And I held that to myself while I imprinted that. So I had my hands held to it, I was mentally intending, and I had it held to my solar plexus, you know, like hugging it, so that my emotional centers of my heart and my solar plexus, and I was congruent, and I felt good, and I felt honest, and I felt fair, that that's a fair price. Now, somebody else could buy the other one that was priced too high, that's fine. And then when I went to the front, I told them, this doesn't have a price on it, I'm, I'm interested. They took it back to the supervisor, and the supervisor said, it's $3, after I had walked around in the store doing that. Okay, now, find ways that you can be honest and do that, and, and do it within your own values, okay? There's more that you can do with this, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that more. So, back to Wolf, medicine, uh, wolf uh, Messing. So, another test that he was given was to sneak into Stalin's um, vacation home without getting stopped. Now, those bodyguards and those, those soldiers that were guarding his place, their lives depended on not letting anyone through. They were not allowed to let anyone through, and it was death to them and send their families off to Siberia you know, or send them all off to Siberia, you know, their wife and their kids, all of them, if they screwed up. Nobody wanted to screw up and piss off Stalin. So Wolf Messing snuck in. He, just, he didn't actually sneak, he walked right in. And he walked in through the gates, he walked into the residence, and they asked him how he did it. And once the guards found out what happened, they panicked because they thought they were toast. Well, as it turns out, Stalin had a number two man, and I don't speak Russian, I don't know how to pronounce his name, I don't know if it's Beria or Beria, B-E-R-I-A, and he was the head of the secret police, and everybody hated him. He was, you know, um, after Stalin died, they made sure he got put out of commission, you know. Um, but he was the number two man, and everybody was scared to death of him. And uh, Wolf Messing didn't look a thing like him. Not, it didn't even look close to him at all. But when he walked up to the place, to the gate, and as he walked through and into the residence, he kept mentally repeating, I am Beria, I am Beria, as he mentally imagined being Beria and looking and feeling um, like him and having the energies of him, the energy field of Beria. So he took a thought, now this is more of a complicated thought form, usually we think of thought forms as doing one thing, but he took a mental duplicate of Beria's energy field and he assumed that and walked through the gate and the guards believed he was Beria or Beria. Anybody who speaks Russian, feel free to tell me how that's pronounced. Anyway, um, so he did that and everybody was dumbfounded. Of course, they realized then he was the real deal. 
Well, there are some other things you can do with that, and we'll get into that in a little bit later. You're going to have to uh, listen till the end of the podcast to find some fun things you can do with that, okay? So there's two kinds of thought forms. There are accidental ones. Like, for instance, somebody cuts you off on the highway and you go, you dirty, rotten so-and-so as you're pissed off at them. And generally, that one dies off after a few minutes. It's an accidental one. Or you accidentally like somebody, you know, you're not thinking about it, it just kind of happens. Then there are the thought forms that happen on purpose, the ones that someone actually makes on purpose. Now, what's interesting is that you surround yourself with thought forms by what you think. And C.W. Leadbeater and Annie Besant pointed this out in the book Thought Forms. If you don't have it, you can get it cheap in print. You can also see it at... um, I don't know if it's the Gutenberg site or the archive.org site, but you, or maybe it's both. You can find it online and you can either read it um, in PDF or text or HTML. And if you get it in um, like HTML or, or PDF, you, you can see the color slides that are in the book. Because the book's in public domain, okay? Does that make sense? So you don't even have to buy it if you have an internet connection and a screen that's decent sized to read it with. Um, it's it's recommended reading, you know, get get it. It doesn't cost you anything, or if you buy it online, it costs you a couple bucks plus shipping. There might even be a Kindle version out there, I don't know. Um, also, I'm not sure if it's Dora Van Gelder or uh, Shafika Karagula wrote a book on, oh, it was Dora Van Gelder wrote a book on the aura and talked about um, thought forms in people's energy fields also. And also Donna Eden has mentioned shapes in people's auras. So people that are that are really good with geometry, for instance, then like geometry, they might have geometric figures. People that think about or in certain types of trades or whatever, they'll have things that resemble their trade in showing in their aura, the, those thought forms that are reinforced over and over and over. Somebody that likes horses might have images of horses in their aura or dogs or cats or whatever. Um, Charles Cosimano in, uh, I think it was Charles Cosimano, in one of his books, he talks about, oh yeah, it was, one of his free books. You can get his, all of his books, you know, I, I remember buying at least some of them. I don't know if I paid for all of them, but they used to send him money in PayPal and then he'd email you the book. And he's got them all up there now for free. And you can go download all of them and you read them. And he's got one on there on setting up, um, uh, your your magical defenses, your 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 um, shielding and stuff like that, and your your um, suit of armor, so to speak. Anyway, and talks about like you can get it vivid enough that people that are sensitive to that can even see what it looks like. Make it vivid enough and real enough that people can see it in your aura. So. Um, you surround yourself with thought forms by what you think all of the time. Um, now, you want to stay tuned because we're going to have more on this after a quick message. Um, so it's going to be just a real quick message, and I will be right back. Hello, friend. Do you wish you had more telepathic ability? My name is Jim Nippenberg, and I've got good news for you. I've put together a program called Silent Mental Commands. It's designed to get you more persuasive power in your life and to get you more of what you want. 
It's organized into three easy-to-study sections. The first gets you comfortable with you being in power, you being in command. Section two builds on that and shows you how to seamlessly weave nearly undetectable commands into your normal, everyday conversation. And the third section shows you how to begin to form and issue silent mental commands that go straight to the person's subconscious mind. The steps are easy to follow and almost everyone can experience some improvement with these skills. You can test it out for yourself absolutely risk-free. Simply send an email message to silentcommands at mindcontrolresources.com or visit mindcontrolresources.com. Thank you and I'll see you there. Okay, welcome back. So are you enjoying the show so far today? Great, great. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, welcome back. And so, we're talking about thought forms here. Now, thought forms are reinforced with use or they die out. Like, for instance, when somebody cuts you off and you get mad and then you drive on and you forget about it, it dies out. Um, some people that are in traffic all the time or that's subject to road rage, they keep reinforcing it over and over and over and over and over again, and it builds force and then it doesn't die out as quickly. Well, you, you reinforce your, your thought forms um, with use through repetition, through emotion, and through thought clusters. For instance, somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're mad at that person, and then the thought form dies out or whatever, or it loses energy and you go about your day. The next day or later that day or whatever, somebody else does it. Well, that's a different thought form, but it's related. So it's, it starts to form a cluster or a habit field. And Huna talks about that. So there's a couple ways of having a habit field. One is with a single thought form, and one is with similar related thought forms. Now, let's say you have one, and you want to get rid of it. You say, you say you want a break state. Like, I want to be able to control my my emotional state. Now, when you're driving, there's a lot of different things that you can do to do to break state. But when you're driving, there's some of them that aren't as appropriate for driving. Well, what can you do? So here's an example of something you can do to break state so that you get away from a thought form that you don't want and you can start with a clean emotional state. And I'm going to tap the button here real quick and give you an example. Notice the laughter. You can use laughter as a way to clear your emotional slate if you get thought forms there that you don't enjoy or appreciate. Okay, so now what are some ways that you can have fun with thought forms? I remember several years ago, my friend Doc, uh, Dr. John LaTourette, um, had been having some fun with beer, and he held it in his hand, and he mentally intended, the beer had a lot of foam in it, and a lot of fizz, and he he mentally intended to change the quality of the beer, and he held it in his hands, and he held it up, and he used his third eye and his eyes and his intention and his emotions, and moved the energy through his hands into that beer, along with third eye energies into that beer, and intended for the beer to change, and what happened was it didn't taste like alcohol anymore. You know, he didn't you know, he, you know how like you can shake up a, a soda or whatever and make it flat or stir it and make it flat? He didn't do any of that. And it was only a few seconds. 
And I remember seeing him do it on, well, I remember him posting about it. And then I remember seeing him do it on video at a seminar uh, video. And then I was in Oregon one time and he did it. Now, I'm not a beer drinker. I don't like beer. And it actually tasted all right. It, he did it, man. I was like, wow. So that's one fun way to do it. Um, and we already talked about that. If you remember at the beginning of the program where I talked about you can change the, the qualities of the wine or the water, or you can use a mental overlay. Well, which do you use? Well, depending on what your skills are and what your purpose is, you could do either. But, you know, even water, you can change the quality of water with just a magnet the south side up versus the north side up. And by the way, south and north side, we're talking about if you hold a, a compass to a magnet, the one that the compass points north to, that's your north pole for our purposes. And the one that the other one is the south pole of the magnet. And you need one of those round magnets for this purpose. So you take a glass of water, a real glass of water, you know, not plastic, and you put it on there, and you energize it, and you know, and you'll notice that if you treat that water for a couple hours, that magnetizing of the water with the south with the north pole will give it a different taste, and, and it actually is energizing. If you use the south pole, it gives the water a bitter taste. This is something you can you can verify for yourself. Well, thoughts also have polarity, and their polarity also means that they're in certain parts of your energy field. They have a certain spin. Spin is related to polarity and electromagnetism. Something fun that you can do that I've done many, many times is when you're out somewhere at a food court or if you're at, you know, a fast food place or whatever, or a theater, have a mental image of a dog turd. And I mean, make it vivid. Make it a messy, sloppy one that smells and looks disgusting and smells horrid. And imagine it in the seat, in a seat, somewhere, a chair, and see how many people start to sit there and avoid it. And notice also which people, by the way, there are people that'll plop right down into it, which is interesting. Um, but you have to get the, the feedback of repelling people to know that you did it right, you know, so you should be able to do that. Um, and then notice once you've got that calibration that you can do the thought form correctly and project it correctly, which people actually avoid it and which ones will step or sit right into it. And then also pure gold and the feelings of, of pure gold. Like if you had a pile of pure gold there, gold coins or gold bars or whatever, pure gold and the energy of pure gold and project those thought forms. Well, you can have lots of fun with that. Well, what else can you do with that? Going back to the example of wolf messing of I am Beria, I am Beria, I am Beria. I'm the best at X. Now, here's something you want to you want to build the belief in. You also want to have you don't want to delude yourself. So you want to make sure that you back it up with something. I'm the best at X and then you give some sort of reason why. Okay? Give something specific. I'm good at X because blah, blah, blah. And once you have those convincer strategies, I'm the best. I'm the best kisser you'll ever meet. I'm the best um, person you could do business with. I'm the best choice you could possibly make. Um, I've got the best deal you'll find anywhere. Whatever it is that fits. Now, you also want to add in being honest with it because when you're ethical and you know you're ethical, then it adds more 
when you believe the thought form, you have to believe it, you know. You have to believe it yourself. So, you can have lots and lots and lots of fun with this. Um, so, um, the, another thing you can do is you can project thought forms into gifts that you give to people. Um, project your liking and appreciation um, what you like and appreciate about them into a gift before you give them the gift with the intention that that will remind them that they're liked and appreciated. Okay, so there's a lot more you can do with this. Um, have fun with this, right, if you want to, and, and let me know uh, what you've done with this and how you've had fun. I will see you again in the next podcast. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like a transcript, send an email to transcript at mindcontrolpodcast.com. Be sure to click subscribe if you're not already subscribed, and I will see you again on the next episode of the Mind Control Podcast. Thank you and have an awesome day. Unless otherwise quoted, the information expressed in this podcast is copyrighted by Jim Mittenberg. Music in this podcast is used by permission of Mike Stewart at podcastinstall.com. This podcast is for informational and motivational purposes and spiritual insights. The author and publisher do not offer any type of psychological, legal, medical, or financial advice. No warranties or guarantees regarding this content are expressed or implied. Neither the publisher nor author shall be liable for any physical, psychological, emotional, financial, or commercial damages, including but not limited to special, incidental, consequential, or other damages. You are responsible for your own actions and results.